1: What is going on in the Cavaliers Celtics series? Can the Celtics do anything to stop LeBron and Kyrie in game 5? How good do the Warriors look heading into the finals? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, coach Nick here and welcome to the Bball Breakdown podcast. We're broadcasting live on Periscope as well. And as always, I'm joined by Coach Dave Dufour. Dave, uh, it's, been, it's great to be back with you. It's been a way too long. It's been long too long since we've been on, on Periscope as well. And uh, what's going on with you?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, started running today, like training for a race. And I feel terrible. So,
1: Oh, yeah. God bless you. I'm going to start walking first, and maybe I'll think about running later.
0: Now you got to run before you walk, right? That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I, everything hurts though. My rib cage hurts when I run now. It's like dude, I, it's the worst. And I need like I, three Advil.
0: But uh, I posted a picture on Twitter, uh, so I, I think I might, I might actually start a vlog about running or trying to run okay. as a way to kind of hold myself accountable. And I posted a, a still from a video I shot today when I was running, and it just looks like I'm in some sort of torture chamber. I mean, it, it really like it. It hurts. You ever yeah. watch people when they run and they always look like they've got like a pain in their side? And, you know, well, like. Kind of. I
1: mean, what it, what it also reminds me of is uh, I'm, just, I'm in LA, so people look good no matter what they do here. But um, I do, it does remind me when I'm, when I'm around like young kids, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, and I'm watching them run and you realize it's just how little uh, they're taught how to run properly. And it's a real problem and a real epidemic in, in the United States where these kids don't know how to properly, with their mechanics, run. And uh, th- we got to do something about that
0: because... Uh, well, shoes. Shoes are the culprit, right? You know, like we put right. these gigantic bulky shoes and, and they've got, all got heels on them and things like that. So Right. I well, like also, a- yeah,
1: if, if we lived sure. in Kenya, we'd all be running barefoot and it wouldn't be a problem. That's right. Uh, and and all like, right. no back problems, no knee problems, anything. So, all right, Thank well, let's... Let's get into the NBA, shall we? Because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I just got back from Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Um, And it was a pretty interesting experience being there for Game 3 and Game 4. The Celtics fans were really excited for me to be there because they figured that I must have had some effect on, you know, the Game 3. And it certainly lasted that way through Game, halfway of Game 4. What are your thoughts on what happened uh, last night?
0: Um, I thought that the Celtics kind of ran out of gas. You know, they they were... They were exploiting the the Cavalier defense exactly the way that you and I have been saying for months a good team could exploit it. Ball movement, off ball, like moving the ball and moving away from the ball, right? Two key components to to exploiting a a defense that has, uh, what would we describe their rotations as? Undisciplined? Loose? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shitty. Shitty is a good word, too. Yeah. Um, bad rotations. You know, I mean, if you you can catch them, they do a pretty good job for the first two or three, you know, passes. But then you catch them and you get open looks. And, and you know, in the first game, the, the Celtics just missed every open look they had. I think it would have been a closer game if they would have just hit a few. And so we saw in Game 3, you know, they played much better, and this is why, right? Without Isaiah Thomas, they didn't have a ball-dominant point guard out there with the ball constantly. Other guys, it, it kind of it causes their offense to stagnate a little bit, whereas without him, it forces these guys to actually run the offense. Right, right. Well, you know, I think that's what we saw. I
1: had a big epiphany on the way to Cleveland. I was really excited to like almost maybe try and do a video one. And then, of course, when I got to the, uh, uh, in Cleveland, I found out that uh, Isaiah was out for the playoffs because what I wanted to do was, um, you know, Isaiah was like trying to turn the corner, and they were trying to blast him. And even when he, they, they did kind of get in there, and now he's got all these long bodies around, and he was making one more pass to the wing to guys who really weren't going to be able to create much. And so what I think they needed to do was run the pick and roll with some, like movement a little bit, pick and roll with somebody else, and then kick it out to him for, he'll have a three on two on the weak side when they get him either hedging or dropping on their pick and roll coverage. And um, I had to imagine that Stevens would have kind of about to get there. Uh, and then as soon as he went out, know, now Isaiah was out, so that they weren't going to be able to try that. But um, without question, you're right in game three, they got, um, they actually, and remember, they weren't doing, again, they were missing a lot of their good open shots on good movement. And then finally, right, they're a professional team, and they started hitting those shots. Some of them were a little bit more difficult, especially, like, way down the stretch. I was, like, cackling in the, in the audience watching that because I couldn't believe they were still hitting those shots. But it's what happens when you give them enough open ones, and they get a rhythm going, and then that's it. They couldn't stop them down the stretch. Um, it's a problem. And it happened all the way for the first, I don't
0: know, 28, 29 minutes of game four. Yeah, I mean, again, they, you know, they, they were hitting bank shots last night, right? Yeah. That's normally a sign that the team is going to win. When, when Horford and then Marcus Smart hit those two bank threes, I, I was just, I don't know. I, I thought it was done. I, I really thought they were going to win that game. I thought we were going back to Boston with a tied series. I mean, I, I'm DMing with, with people like, oh, man, we, you know, what are the takes going to be if Cleveland loses this game? And then, of course, Kyrie happened. And yeah. he was just amazing. So how was that in person? I mean, obviously watching on TV, he looks incredible. I mean, he finished the layup after he rolled his ankle.
1: Yeah, well the, the ankle rolling was really strange. It happened right in front of us where he went down like he got shot, and then within twenty some seconds he was up, oh, hey, what's going on? What you know, what happened? Like nothing well, had I don't bothered know him.
0: See. I don't know if you could see, but he, he retied his shoes. Very aggressively. Yeah. So you know that that was probably the trick there. I mean, it, yeah. it's sort of like the Mr. Miyagi thing, and so he he really was aggressive in retired. The
1: old shoelace trick, I guess. So, but but the, to watch that happen, I mean, I I said like you know, the Celtics couldn't hang their head that low because a lot of those shots he was like nine for ten from in the third quarter, six of those were like ridiculously hard, you know. And uh, the only thing I had a problem with was. They were sitting on his right hand and if you can picture like him on the right uh, the right side of the court, what that means is I guess they wanted to be kind of close because so, he wants to pull but they're le- letting him have middle and they constantly let him get to the middle of the court and that makes an all-star look like a, a Hall of Famer and it makes a bad player look like an all-star and well,
0: especially I, 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 especially a guy like Kyrie
1: yeah. Couldn't understand that why they were doing that because they're already you know small they don't rim protect that well as it is so he was just demolishing it and it was it was one after the other of just like oh my god um, it was a show you know it wasn't even, it was a show of, of awesome talent you know it wasn't anything about backdoor cuts or you know dribble handoffs and fun team it was just a show um, which also kind of masked the fact that LeBron James uh, even with the foul trouble still looked like um, something was completely wrong uh, you know he, For just Porter, was, he looked good though. He finally did, and by the way, and so his box score numbers look really good. You know, thirty plus points, and all, and he filled it up. But I got to tell you, for well over half that game, he was completely disengaged, just like he was in Game Three. Um, and you know, he said in the pl- in the locker room or in the uh, at the podium at the end after the game that it was you know the foul trouble gets you off off balance. And he was he guessed correctly that um, he had never had four fouls in, a, in the first half before. That was the first time ever, and yeah. uh, he didn't know what to do about that.
0: Well, so uh, Richard Jefferson, in an interview following the game last night, said that, that he thinks LeBron has been sick. Um, there was like a bug, I guess, going around the team. And you know what? Like that makes a lot of sense. He, he really he looked lethargic. He, he couldn't quite uh, find his rhythm, looked like his energy was down And until the fourth quarter last night, which, you know, may have just been a fluke. Now, your your good friend Nick Wright, he thinks that LeBron was tanking to get Kyrie to to go off, so that Kyrie is ready for the finals. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> which I is mean,
1: ridiculous. That seems silly. You can't yeah. play with you can't you can't do that. Um, no. That's no. You know what? The, he looked. He looks. I, I saw him in the locker room, and he didn't. He seemed fine. You know what I mean? Like, and, and sure. I, I was studying him at literally, you know, let's you know, hope it's not weird, but I was like staring at him really like studying to see like what's going on. How is he moving? Whatever. But he definitely, while he's on the court, like if you wanted to, if you told me he was, he had the flu or whatever, like I would have believed you. That's, that's sort of what it looked like. And you know, if you have the flu, one of the best ways to treat it is by eating some fantastic home cooked meals. And that's what blue apron can do for you. Had someone made LeBron a three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce, he might have been able to play better earlier in Game 4. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And for under $10 per person, you get all the food perfectly measured out and easy to follow directions that turn into some of the best meals your kitchen will produce. If you visit blueapron.com slash coachnick, You'll get three free meals, including free shipping. And I'm sure you'll keep coming back for more, like beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. That one was like Avery Bradley's game winner from Game 3, good to the last bite. So visit our friends over at blueapron.com slash coachnick and put yourself on the path towards fresh, high-quality eating in the comfort of your own home. I mean, like in Game Three, like he deferred so often down that stretch. He had like Avery Bradley on him for two or three possessions and didn't even look at the basket. And then in Game Four as well, they had a couple times where like he got the ball on top and didn't just didn't even look. He just was holding it like pleading someone else get this ball for me. Although one of them, as I was saying that, ended up being that beautiful lob to Kyrie, who caught it in the air and then hit a floater as a floater alley oop. Never seen that in my life. I don't think. Um, and you know, and those and those are the kind of shots that it, that it took. Now the key here for the Celtics was when they had a ten-point lead and LeBron went out with the fourth foul, and they had a seven-minute stretch. They couldn't. They, they the 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 Cavaliers cut it to five, and then they they ultimately got it back to ten or maybe maybe eleven or twelve at the halftime. But it was that, What was it?
0: 10 and a half.
1: It was 10 and a half. That was the moment where you needed to get it to like 15, 16, 17, then you hang on. And and I said, and I think Brad Stevens said the same thing, as soon as that happened, they and they you know, a 10-point lead was nothing um for for the Cavaliers at home and uh and that's what happened.
0: Yeah, look, you've got to capitalize. The, the Cavs are too good and they've got they've got three guys that could just go off. I mean, Kevin Love has been fantastic this whole playoffs on both ends of the court. He's been fantastic. Um, Kyrie has been bad, but you know he's not gonna stay bad. Right. So, you know, like you've got you've gotta be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they show up. And and the Celtics just didn't do it. And now it's three one. I mean the series is over. Uh, I, I would I would guess Cleveland closes it out in Boston in the next game. I, I would I would assume. Um how do you feel about it?
1: Well, you know, and I did a lot of, I'm going to get a video out pretty soon of my trip to, uh, to, the, to Cleveland. And I did a lot of interviews, funny, before um, you know, before the game, I was interviewing all the fans. And uh, everyone was convinced, that you know, LeBron's going to have 50 points and they're going to destroy him. Isn't that whatever? And you should have seen them. So again, here we are, the same kind of thing. Oh, they're going to destroy him. It's going to be over. Uh, if I were Brad Stevens... And, uh, and ask your questions, and we'll get to – let's do some questions after this, and then we'll do the segment on the, uh, the Warriors. But, uh Perfect. And then, Dave, if you see some questions, grab them. Uh, I will um, – all I can tell you is if I were Brad Stevens, I'm going through the Game 4 tape specifically, I would feel pretty good. And I'd say, look at this, guys. Um, we are – we have we a lot of good shots. And the only thing that happened was they went really stagnant down the stretch. And that – people want to credit the Cavaliers' defense. And I – I guess there was a sense of, of uh, extra pressure they put on the ball, or they tried, but like they literally c- cemented themselves to the floor. They would not cut. They would not move. And I really have a hard time understanding how the defense just forced those guys to stand still.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. So.
1: Oh, and then Kelly Olynyk doesn't play until two minutes left, and the game's over. Even the and then quarter.
0: that's not smart,
1: right? No, it's it was it's baffling, and I know he was having a little bit of trouble defensively at some point, and but it doesn't matter. I, I literally like did they forget that he wasn't in? Something was way off because he was he was helping them again, and he, and he they need to have him on the floor. Um, it's insane. So well, he's the X factor. He, he Kelly he only they had the X factor again. He, you can see it, right? It's certainly not out of the realm. And I, all those people owe me an apology on Twitter that, that were screaming at me for three days before the the, the uh, conference finals.
0: Okay, so uh, we've gotten this question already a few times, so a few people have asked it in the periscope. Um, did you see uh, Tyrone lose uh, his comments on the Celtics offense being harder to deal with than Golden State? <laughs> when did he say that? Um, I guess it was today or yesterday or yesterday during the post game. Um, anyway, that is completely ridiculous.
1: I mean, you know, that's like a, well, we won't get into politics, but that's a very political but, uh, answer. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's nonsense. And by the way, the funny thing is, is like, you know, you're trying to cover him and, he, and hear what he says. He talks so quietly. He's like the quiet talker in, in like Seinfeld. He might have said something completely opposite, but like it's all you can hear was like, oh, uh, you know, because you can't, you can't hear the dude. And I don't know how he does it in the games because it's loud in there. But uh, nonetheless. Well, LeBron's
0: doing all the coaching, so.
1: Yeah, I know. That. It's another – I'm waiting for the tell-all book by somebody. Well, here's a question I just grabbed. What is the worst-case scenario for the future of the NBA coming out of the finals? Is Golden State too good? Oh, can we save that, I guess, and segue into our no. Golden State?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that's worst-case scenario. I think I think the NBA wants the, the finals to, uh, to go seven games, but I think that they want every playoff series to go seven games. Right. I don't think that's any kind of surprise, right? Like, they make more money that way. Um TNT, ABC, like like they all want seven game series. Seven game sevens are, you know, huge for ratings, especially right. in the finals and especially this is now the rubber match of the finals and
1: Well, but I also I just, think that the, the the idea behind that question might be like what the state of the NBA? Like are, is the Golden State Warriors are they so good now that we, there's nothing you can do for the next several years? I mean, you know, you can't win. You're not going to win four titles in a row. I mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe you can these days. But it just seems like something's going to happen where sure. it will balance out. But, you know, it's also the failings of, you know, all these other GMs. You know, Patrick McCaw is, my, I think, my new favorite player now. And he is well on his way, even like right now, to becoming better than Iggy. Okay, because he can defend. He's not strong enough like Iggy is yet, but, you know, he will. He's still young. He can shoot better than Iggy already, in my mind. It's mechanically he can. And um, he's so earnest in his approach. And that guy was drafted like 37th. Everybody, or maybe later, I can't remember now, I think 37th. That's the number I have in my head. These are the guys that they're missing, the other GMs are missing. Now, again... Are they developing this, and is it a whole culture thing that's really helping him, or he would not have done that somewhere else? Like, yeah, maybe. Um, but that's also on the GMs and the presidents and the owners to, to, to have that, and they don't. There's enough good coaching around uh, to develop that if they could find him. So,
0: um, you know,
1: that, well, that's McCaw, more of failing feeling everybody else.
0: With McCaw, he's looked good since day one. You know, like, we, we knew coming in he was going to be able to defend, and he was actually, like, you know, a point guard in college. So we knew he had some – some on the ball skill, and and he was a decent enough shooter. They just whiffed on him, and you know, the, just like they whiffed on Draymond Green, just like six other teams whiffed on Steph Curry. You know, it, it, you know, you can forgive the whiffing in the lottery because every team does it, but at the same time, it's it's true. Like I mean, Golden State took him, so uh, I, I I just don't think it's bad for the league. I mean, if you look at the the playoff ratings, they're up like fifteen percent. So, I mean, these, these playoffs, like, people are engaged. They're watching. Now, I think that we all get caught up in sort of the world of basketball Twitter. And we I think people have a little bit too much time on their hands, and they like to think about things like this, like, you know, competitive balance is way off, which, sure, it is. But you and I have had this conversation. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast before, but when was the last time you went into a season – and and excluding two thousand and four with Detroit, okay, the one anomaly. But when was the last time you know if I could have told you the eventual champion that it would have been a complete shock? Can you right. remember? I no. mean, Golden State two years ago, probably, right? They came out of nowhere and went sixty, but they had they had the makings of a contender. Yeah. So yeah. I I think that this is this is kind of more the norm than than not. This is just the extreme version of it. Okay. Uh, I mean, wait, just wait until Chris Bosh signs with the Warriors on a minimum deal this summer and, and waits for those hot takes to come.
1: Oh, wow. You think that he's going to risk it all to uh, come back and play?
0: I think he wants to play. I mean, I think if he's healthy, that he's going to play. You know, if he gets a—I I hope that he's healthy, right? Like, I hope he's not, like, jumping the gun and, and just forcing it back. But I, the Warriors—I don't think many teams are going to take a risk unless he's actually good to go.
1: I know, but, like, how do you prove that? Is that's That was the whole thing, but uh, I don't I have know. no it's idea, a, yeah.
0: but I think they figure it out, and, and I think if he comes back, I think the Warriors are – I think they're a likely destination on, like, a one-year deal. All right.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think how, it how be much, crazy. Yeah, because, like, you know, he was starting to shoot threes at the end, and, uh, you know, if you get even, you know, his defense on the perimeter, it, 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 they would end up – they would break every – Every defensive record you'd probably find, and
0: offensive record.
1: Right, right. I, it I mean, would
0: just be, yeah. ooh, it yeah. would. They they would have a shot if they wanted and they stayed healthy. They could go eighty-two and zero. I mean, their starting lineup it would be the new death lineup.
1: <laughs> right, that's true. Steph, uh, you know, play, yeah, interesting
0: Durant, well, Draymond, yeah. and Chris Bosh. Oh man,
1: right. Well, that, that, just, you're saying Draymond you, won't start. Wait, wait. No,
0: Draymond. Draymond at the four.
1: Oh, Okay. Wait, Durant, Draymond, oh, so Chris Bosh is the five. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And if you want to see Chris Bosh possibly come back to the NBA and play, you're going to need tickets to the game. So beat the Andersons to the best seats in the house by using SeatGeek, the best app for finding tickets to sporting events and concerts. It searches multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Plus, you can see the vantage point from every seat. And they are guaranteed, so you know your seats are legit. So whether you want to watch LeBron and Kyrie, Steph or Durant, or Rose and Noah, use SeatGeek to find your tickets. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first purchase if you use my code, CoachNick. That's right. I've got some serious clout over there and managed to get you a nice discount. So ignore all the other codes you hear and type in Coach Nick in the setting under promo code and get yourself in on all the live action that SeatGeek has to offer. From sporting events to concerts, comedy clubs, and the Theta. SeatGeek! Are there any other questions we have real quick before we go on to the uh, Western Conference?
0: No? Uh... Take on so – we already talked about Ty Lube. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, no, I guess let's go on to the Warriors. Okay. Well, all right. Did you happen to watch game four, by the way?
1: I did. So, like, I caught that at the bar. And, uh, you know, in Cleveland, you know, late night. It's I don't know how Coast, East Coast teams or Eastern people do that. It's just so it's late. A br-
0: it's brutal, man.
1: Yeah. And brutal. so uh, – but I got to tell you, it was like watching the Globetrotters a little bit. It was – that ball was moving – so fast. And I, and I had people on Twitter trying to say, "Oh, they would not like they weren't playing like as hard as they could." And that's they couldn't quite get a huge separation early enough, but I don't know, man. I that ball was whipping around the court almost like in anticipation like, "Hey, you know, Cavs, this is what we're waiting what's waiting for you." Uh it was it was almost disarming.
0: Yeah, I so I I've, I've got an opinion on this, and, and this is going to sound so cheesy. Um but I think that the war, first of all, uh, it may have been Manu Ginobili's last game. Yeah. Well, you and saw him Warriors, hug Pop on the third quarter right, when he came out, right? Right. And the Warriors were very conscious of that. And, oh. you know, there's a lot of reverence around the league for Manu Ginobili. But, you know, specifically, I, I think the Warriors have a lot of reverence for him. Um, you know, Steve Kerr played with him. Uh, Mike Brown That's coached crazy. him. I, I, so I I suspect, like, like you did say, the ball was moving around a lot. They were scoring in bunches and things like that, but it seemed like every time they had a chance to kind of go up like 30, they took their foot off the gas. And I'm not saying that they were trying to keep it close, but I think they were trying to make it so that it was a little bit more respectable. Now, I have no inside information. It's just how it looked. Because I definitely saw them throw a few extra passes. You saw Steph kind of, you know, break out the Globetrotter stuff every now and then, you know. Um, which I've got to take about. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know if it was on purpose, but it certainly felt like it was a thing. And, and hopefully people don't listen to that and think it's a ridiculous take. This is just how it felt to me when I was watching. I mean, talk. well, talk about the ultimate respect, I suppose, if that would be that.
1: Like, you know, here's a guy, we don't want to like embarrass him, I suppose, and and it ended so early. But, and as far as I could tell, he didn't go back in after that third quarter hug up with Pop, right? He did not, no.
0: Right, and so that was... Uh, wait, wait, third quarter? quarter. I, I
1: remember it being the third quarter, but then again, it was like midnight, so I don't know what was happening yeah, at that point. Yeah, it was point. fourth quarter. Yeah, he,
0: he came out and, uh, you know, the crowd was chanting for him. I mean, it was it was awesome, and honestly, if you were going to update the video that you just made, yeah. cheap plug, um, if you were going to update it, it would be a game that I think you would want to include. Like, I mean, some of his stuff, I mean, he nutmegged a guy, uh, you know, on the sideline. I mean, it was... It was a kind of a classic Manu game, and then the crowd really like. I don't. It was. It was awesome. I, I, I'm not gonna say I got emotional about it because that's just not who I am. But I did kind of reminisce a little bit about about Manu and how much I'm gonna miss him. I mean, I, it's one of my favorite players.
1: Yeah, I mean, believe me, I have plenty of uh, uh, ideas in my head how to how to do the definitive farewell Manu video, which uh, might cause people to start chopping some onions uh, while it's gotta watching it. Got to have a metal game. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, listen. There's 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 some good footage out there. So, um, you know, I and here we are with with the prospect of. And I don't know if we quite sealed in our practice with the Eastern Conference Finals Game Five. It'll be over. You know, obviously the Cavaliers showed they have no problem winning uh, in the Garden. Um, and you know, but by the way, it would have been really interesting to see a two-two Game Five in the Garden. But. Um, You know, either way, the team's gonna you know close it out. Let's just say they you know game six, whatever, and they'll have have plenty of rest and plenty of preparation. Um, I don't know. I think I think the only concern the Warriors have uh, is how physical it will be. And I think we're going to have a Detroit Pistons versus Chicago Bulls, Bad Boys versus Michael's Bulls version. Obviously, this is the night. This would be like no nowhere close to being what the the, the Bad Boys were, but uh, they rough it up more than anybody else in the league. It feels like, and that's going to be a concern, I imagine, for the Warriors. The
0: biggest, all right. So the biggest problem with that, right? They can, they can manhandle Steph Curry off the ball like they did last year. What are they going to do? What are they going to do when the Warriors just say, "You know what? We're going to just hand the ball to KD and let him let him cook a little bit." They they they've got no answer for KD defensively. There's no one on the Cavs that can guard him. I LeBron can't guard him. We, you know, at least I don't think he can. He he would surprise me if he could. And and I just I just don't see a path to the Cavs winning a game, possibly a game, okay? So I'm I'm now saying they, they lose in four or five because there's always that one unpredictable game. Mm-hmm. But I still – I just don't think there's any path to a Cavs championship outside of an injury to a key Golden State player.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, but, but what about Kyrie having a third quarter like he did? Uh, although, again, this is against the Warriors. It's hard to imagine anybody's going to be able to do that uh, against them because they're so good defensively. I mean, they're so much better than anybody else defensively. That's what's so scary about it. And that's why it was really touching to hear Pop talk about it that way. And in that press conference, he used the beautiful game. Like, that's their phrase. And he gave it to the Warriors. And, in fact, the Warriors have probably taken it and gone even another level beyond what they did in 2014. So... um so yeah but I mean that, that would have to happen you'd have to have the Kyrie go crazy and then love the, you're gonna have to have a 25 point game and then LeBron go crazy as well so uh, yeah it seems like a, a real weird thing but they're gonna win a game they're gonna win the two games I think
0: I don't think so really? I just don't see it I, I mean in my heart I think I think the Warriors sweep okay that's that's like my my gut feeling now in my brain it's like well but it's still LeBron so maybe they win a game. But I, I I really feel like the Warriors are going to sweep the playoffs, and and this is going to spur you know that conversation that we just talked about, competitive balance issue. People are people are going to say, well you know this is the first time any team's ever gone sixteen and zero. Well, someone's bound to go sixteen and zero at some point. Yeah. Some team's going to get hot enough or be good enough. I, I just don't remember when the Lakers were winning their when they did their three-peat, I can't remember. People talking about parity in the league. I can't remember people complaining that Shaq and Kobe were on the same team. I mean, obviously he's a little bit different because they were both, you know, I mean, I guess they'd been there for a while. Uh, Kobe had been drafted. Shaq was a free agent in, what, 96? So they had been there for a while before they won the titles. I think that makes a difference. If KD would have signed there four years ago as a, as a restricted free agent or whatever he was, then would we be having the same conversation if the Warriors were just as good? I don't think so. I think it's just because he signed there last summer. So, right. yeah, I, again, back to that. I just don't have a problem with it. I'm, I'm cool with having a, a really great team that plays amazing basketball. And I think that it's great. Like, the the, the reason the Cavs in the title last year was so awesome was because they beat such a good team. Like, that's a good thing. Right.
1: Anyway. Well, and that also brings us to the LeBron versus Michael Jordan question, which comes up now a lot. And part of that question then becomes, uh, you know, what if, what if LeBron does lead them past this team? It, he still doesn't have enough titles to beat Michael, but it does seem like if he did back-to-back being the Warriors, the 73-win 70, team, and then this team, uh, I think that, jumps, that might jump over
0: Michael. What do you think? I, I don't think he needs another title to jump over Michael. I think it's debatable – he may actually be ahead of Michael right now. I mean, this is like – hopefully this isn't a hot take anymore. But LeBron James has had a pretty amazing career. He's, re- he's really – to me, he's in that class of a guy who has changed the way the game is played like Magic Johnson did, like Michael did, like Larry Bird. And, and I think that – and I've said this for, for a while. If, if someone was to tell me that LeBron James is the best player ever – I can't argue against it. Right. Now I can argue for Jordan, but I can't go and argue against LeBron. Like he's too good, and we're we're at the point. First of all, I, I think the whole conversation is is kind of crazy, and it comes up all the time. And if I were LeBron, I'd be tired of it. But at, at the same time, I mean, it's a real thing. Like he might be the best player ever. Yeah, well, I don't I mean, know. Here's-
1: well, here's the I'm, thing. I'm okay with it. Right. It, it's, you're splitting hairs here. And the thing with Michael versus LeBron is, I mean, certainly if you want to argue LeBron's favor, uh, and I, I, was like, I was in Cleveland, I got to get on the radio and talk about this all morning or uh, during a segment, was, you know, LeBron has certain intangibles that like Michael just couldn't deal with. He, you know, he was 6'9", he's 6'9", 260, and is as fast as anybody in the league. So it's just simply Michael doesn't have that, right? But, you know, a couple of different things that I would have an issues with are, you know, I, I think that LeBron has disappeared in the finals Um, in in a number of these stretches, whereas Michael never really ever did that. Um, and so that now Michael had,
0: Michael had a, he had one or two clunkers in the finals now, but he still would put up like 20 points now. I mean, clunkers as far as inefficient.
1: Yeah, and but for, like he, he never one of the like, most
0: efficient guys ever. Right. But he
1: never like just disappeared or got the yips and just sort of like, right, you know, because I forgot, you know, uh, he had it in the Avery Bradley matchup when he had that and he didn't even look at the basket. Like, you know, all of a sudden they're like JJ Barea, you know, or like even like Boris Diao, remember like who just gave him all that room. Hey, but
0: Boris Diao, Boris Diao defended him really, really well and, and underrated part of Boris Diao's game. In 2014, maybe not 2017, Boris, but Boris was he was actually really smart when he guarded LeBron. He used his body. Right. He was very stout. There it is. You're drinking. playing the drinking game at home, and um, and so he was really he was and his feet were quick. So yeah. I mean that's the key to LeBron, right? It, like this is why Draymond can guard him.
1: Well, yeah, but remember they also he dropped back and like said, please just shoot any jump shot you like, and it got into LeBron's head, and he got really tentative and you know didn't know what to do because no one ever that. dared him to do that before,
0: and you can't do that now because LeBron, you know sorted out his threes.
1: I guess, but I'd still do it. I don't care. If he wants to hit I, 10 threes and we lose, great. I'll give him a I, big hug afterwards.
0: If I were the Celtics, you know, going to game 5. If I were the Celtics, I would be putting LeBron on the line as much early as oh, possible. Oh, hack a LeBron. Wow. Kind of, right? Because I, basically what I want him to do is I want to I want to put a little bit of doubt in his head. Like, you know, everyone at this point has read the piece about his free throws and obviously his numbers are terrible. So, it looks like it's actually throwing him out of rhythm, and so you know he's avoiding he's avoiding clutch free throws. That's a thing that's been happening all season. Yeah. So I would consider not only LeBron but also Tristan Thompson. I, I would be trying to put those guys on the line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Thompson had a great free throw shooting night in Game Three, which is what flu- you know kept them in there. But again, you you know, you got to try some of those things. Uh, Although Thompson didn't have as much of an impact in game four either way. Uh, It didn't feel like they got killed in the boards. Um, And, you know, what really was killing the Cavaliers, they turned the ball over uh, a bit in the game four as well. And that was another thing. Uh, So a lot of weird anomalies. And so, um, yeah, I would definitely, I I would either, I guess you could take turns either giving LeBron a jump shot and just make him prove it a little bit. And then, you know, putting him on the line, yeah, and following him hard. Take those fouls because he seems to have, you know, he doesn't like getting fouled, right? He doesn't like hard fouls. He certainly was carrying on a bit by, when he didn't get the call on a couple of those drives that he missed. He missed a dunk in the wide open court. That was, you know, and they asked him afterwards where he said, you know, he's like, yeah, I've missed a few of those over the years. He goes, but, you know, I think I think if you look at the numbers, I probably made a few more than I've missed. And that's that was funny, but, like, that was when you knew, like, something was up. It was weird. Like, that's why you think, like, it was he sick or something? Because, you know, it was a beautiful play, wide open, right at the rim, and he just hit the back rim and it went flying by. So, um, yeah, you're right. That's not, Like we said earlier, the Celtics have some cause to be, like, you know, to feel pretty good about them. Or not feel pretty good, but feel better about themselves than anyone else who's down 3-1. Yeah.
0: And, you know, uh, there's a conversation going on in the Periscope chat here. Oh, yeah about about uh, whether or not Draymond actually guarded LeBron at all. Here, The thing is, the way that the Warriors play defense is that they switch so much that everyone gets possessions against everyone else. I mean, I, I would love to do a breakdown on, you know, how they compare to other teams as far as, like, percentage of the time guarding one guy. I would bet the, the percentages are pretty low yeah. for everyone. Uh, I mean, look at, like, Clay Thompson was guarding Rudy Gobert on multiple possessions in that series. And, and so... I think that you know, it's easy to forget the the Draymond guarding LeBron possessions. But yeah, I mean someone pointed this out. Draymond last year was was weak side help quite a bit. Well this year, that's Kevin Durant's job. Mm-hmm. So I, I would expect to see some more of that Draymond on on uh, LeBron, especially if LeBron gets going early. Right.
1: Um I, I hear you. Yeah, so that, that's going to be the thing because obviously the Cavaliers, what they are focusing on is forcing the switch and then isolating that. And the, yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing is how they can do that. Now they're probably going to still try and do the whole get um, uh, Steph, Steph Curry onto LeBron uh, and do that. And so that's what they're going to have to come up with. That's the one real issue that I think they're going to end up having is how they're going to manage, you know, covering that. And I think that you can get really creative where if it's Steph's man running up to sit the ball screen, they can switch that while they're, the guy's up there. So the next thing you know, it's not Steph who's switching. It's it's uh, Iggy or Draymond or anybody else. So that should be interesting to see if they can develop that. Because we've seen that. I've seen that a little bit. A couple different teams have done it. Um, I don't know if I've really seen the Warriors, but if there's a
0: team that could do it, uh, it would be them. But not to put the cart before the horse. Because we have seen a 3-1 lead blown before and is there any chance that the Celtics could come back and win the series do you see any path to victory I mean well yeah
1: if they if they could hit their open shots you know uh, then they have a shot you know cause they're not they're having trouble stopping the Cavaliers and that's that's, that's going to be a thing they're never going to solve this year but um, you know if they but we also have seen the Cavaliers get the yips as well and need the titanic efforts to actually get the ball in like, like Kyrie so but uh, if the Celtics all of a sudden, like, develop whatever rhythm, because it's not going to be the Cavaliers taking them out of it, especially at the beginning. It's weird. Um, then then they can win at least another game, and then we're into game six. Um, you know, again, that's going to be back in Cleveland with the, new, with the 2-2-1-1-1. But, um, you know, again, it's got to be like a 15% chance, I'd say, right?
0: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it depends. Like... It- I think the Celtics blowing that game last night pretty much shot them in the foot for this series. I don't I don't really think they can come back from 3-1, but there is a path. I mean, Kyrie had has now had one good game in the playoffs, and without it, they lose last night. So, I mean, it, it, are we going to get – is this the Kyrie we're going to get for the rest of the playoffs or at least the rest of the series? If not, well – we better get LeBron from the first two games or the first 10 games of the playoffs. So right. I don't know. But anyway, so the Celtics really have really surprised. They really surprised me the last two games. Um, they look, they look much closer without Isaiah Thomas than they did with him against the Cavs. Now this may have, this may be an anomaly. I don't know. Uh, I think their offense moves much better without him. So, you know, the rich might get richer with the number one pick and, and, all the money they've got in for free agency. I don't. Know, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be. The Celtics have an interesting summer coming up, and I think that the Cavs probably wrap this up in Game Five. All
1: right. Well, let's get some questions before we wrap up here. And I, here's a good one from uh, Belly Daragi asks, "Why is Clay struggling again? Uh, do you have any uh, opinions on that?"
0: Um. No. I so. The one good thing about Clay is that even when he's struggling on offense, he's still bringing it on defense. So he's still defending well and all that stuff. So he's not a negative. And you know that he's going to regress to the mean. So I would expect him to have a, a huge, you know, game at some point in the finals. I bet he wins a finals game, sort of like that what game 6 against uh, OKC last year. Mm-hmm. So I would ex- I would expect that, but you know, he does sort of look out of rhythm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of natural when you put KD, he's the one guy. I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought that maybe he was the guy who's going to feast, but he's just never really been able to get on track for a suspended a, a sustained amount of time during the season. And, uh, if you know, if there, were gonna, if there was going to be a roster shakeup at all the Golden State, I would imagine Clay would be the guy who ends up, uh, you know, moving on. You know, he'll I've won two or three championships, whatever it is. It's like, I want to try my hand on doing something else, which would be too bad because, you know, it would be different, but they would still be good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Clay, it's just one of those things where he's just not, the rhythm is not there. He's, you know, when he's getting a catch and shoot, he still looks great. He's still knocking those down. Um, it's just it's just less of a, he just gets less attention than he would normally get without when, uh, with, when Durant was not there. So, uh, I have another question. JaVale will be a liability versus Cleveland, which is not even a question from Calvin. Uh, but... Um, I disagree. I mean, JaVale has been very impressive all all playoffs long to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. I think Javell I think we're going to get a JaVale game in the finals, just like a Clay game. I think we're going to get a game where JaVale goes for like 16, you know, maybe like three or four blocks, yeah. uh, you know, and really is a key contributor. He is a guy and you know, it's funny, um th- this is something that the, the Cavs sort of have struggled with is the vertical spacer. You know, and JaVale is is that guy. Right. Like Tristan Thompson, he, he struggles a little bit with that. Their weak side help is always slow. And so when, if you can toss up a lob to JaVale McGee, that's that's money in the bank. I mean, yeah. he could go eight for eight in a game very, very easily. Right.
1: Yeah. Now, we have Ryan asked a question about uh, Chris Bosch going to the Warriors. And Ryan, fire this up when we're done and go back and watch. We already talked about that uh, a little bit for a few minutes. So well, we, download we, the we, podcast. Yeah. we tell. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Don't do that. Go, don't go to Periscope. Go, go to the podcast tomorrow when we drop this. Um, and let's see. Let's get uh, let's do one more question to to seal in our practice. So what do we have here from somebody? Uh, somebody throw out a question here for us as we wrap up our podcast recording. Everyone wants to. Everyone the has Periscope, something to say, but no one has a question to ask.
0: Yeah, the, the Periscope chat has turned into is devolved into uh, people arguing with themselves.
1: Yes. Well, all right. We got a little Twitter spillage. Um, Let's see here. And we, we kind of talked about that just now, about JaVale being rim protector, critical for Golden State Warriors, in the finals, Bosch to the Wizards. I, I, I don't know. I'd, just be, I'd be surprised if any team would be willing to take Bosch with that kind of uh, risk. Um, who's the X-Factor player for the Cavs in the finals? Asked somebody weird named Eric. Um, let's see here. What, uh, I don't know. What's the X-Factor for the Cavs? Who is it going to be?
0: I think it's just their bench. You know, can they, can they hold up when LeBron's off the court? Because they haven't. And yeah. LeBron, you know, playing 45 minutes a game, it looks like it's sort of catching up with him unless he was just sick. Uh, he's going to have a hard time doing that against the Warriors for four games.
1: Yeah. And he looked like he was dragging all the, for the, all these four games a little bit for a different time to time. And, um, you know, and all that rest, whatever. He doesn't look like he's a, spri- a sp- spring chicken right now. Uh, and by the way, on the other side of the ball, then the X factor. I don't know. I'm just gonna say like Sean Livingston. Let's just say he can. He'll be that X factor guy who can go for like 12 points and four assists and just really like control the second unit uh, and really make it a problem for the Cavaliers too. Yeah. So well, I agree. I think we got a lot of stuff done. I think we solved a lot of problems today, Dave. Right?
0: Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I don't right. know. We kind of were all over the place. Yeah, but it's uh, been a while since we got to talk, so it yeah. makes sense.
1: Yeah, uh, even though we were all over the place. And uh, by the way, and, and yes, Curry uh, has been a pretty good defender in this playoffs. I, I want he's to do a video but I don't think I can stand the ta- – I can't take the heat.
0: You need to do a Kevin Love defense video because people don't realize that Kevin Love has turned into a good defender. Yeah, not, not necessarily the after-
1: pick and roll, but I think everywhere else he's been really good helping and recovering. Yeah, you're right. I've seen some great examples of that in this playoff. So, yeah. All right, maybe we'll do a Kevin Love and Curry uh, defensive video together and just sort of package it so I can hide uh, behind part of it. <laughs> but uh, anyway well thank you Dave for joining us today great stuff uh, can't wait to get this uh, finals on and well, hey, figure out what's going on with the Eastern Conference finals too but um, we're going to break all that stuff down we'll be here for more all week and uh, all Twitter and all that stuff so join us then and um, don't forget sports fans at V-Ball Breakdown we're not a channel we're a conversation you in? are you in Dave?
0: yes I am